0: Welcome back to Switchcast Live. Thank you for joining us tonight. I'm your host, Doug Tabbitt, founder of Switchcast and GT Vault and Cannonball Run Record Holder. I haven't used founder that. Founder of Switch Cars. Switch Cars and Switchcast True. and GT Vault and Nuts for Sticks, which is just an Instagram page and some bumper stickers. However, <laughs> you can get those bumper stickers on nutsforsticks.com. So look at that. We have a domain name too. <laughs> anyway, Switchcast is the podcast where we seek to educate, edify, and entertain you on the drive of your life. This season, we'll be we've been focusing primarily on topics that help our uh, guests and listeners be uh, smarter buyers and sellers, avoid scams, and make informed decisions from their initial purchase all through their ownership experience, which ultimately is their entire life. If you're a car person, because it just changes which car. Because you switch cars. Ha-ha. Hey-o. Trademark.
1: <laughs>
0: Literally, that is trademarked. <laughs> Don't nobody go stealing that. <laughs> anyway, we are, we are on tonight, and we're going to be on. Thank you so much for joining us. There's been some awesome stuff in the news this week. Uh, stories that, well, I shouldn't say that I found, uh, th- th- that I reveled in, because both of them, now that I think of that, um are are pretty terrible news stories one was a giant fire and the other one was a bankruptcy but um let's see how can i uh make myself not look terrible for thinking these are good news stories <laughs> Well, we'll get there. Stick with us here. Uh, Thank you for joining us. If you're watching live on YouTube, Facebook or TikTok, we appreciate you here. Throw your questions and comments in the comment flow of wherever you are watching. And uh, for the rest of you who are downloading it on your favorite audio podcast platform, we appreciate you too. consider checking us out live on Wednesdays and you can actually interact with us. And if you're continuing to listen on the audio podcast, I've never asked for this, but please like and share the podcast, because that helps us out in terms of the algorithms.
2: Wow. A call to yeah. action. Look a at A call that. to action Ooh, right off the
0: bat. It's good. Yes. Also go to switchcast.live. There you go. But no, seriously, uh, give us a, a good review on there. Um, not like some of the other reviews we got. I think last <laughs> Only week... the one.
2: Only the one. Oh,
0: we've had a few. No, last week on YouTube, I think one of the comments was this is an example of why some people shouldn't have podcasts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Brutal. No, but that, YouTube comments are not reviews. We've only had one review that wasn't five stars. That Well we've had ratings that weren't five stars but we've only had one person who actually left a review that wasn't five stars and it was four stars that's still pretty oh, good oh not bad yeah that's that's it's, a, it's
0: good all right i see i don't see these these metrics and all that so yeah. but anyway um yes we're, we're not a business it's not like if we serve you coffee it's cold we're a podcast we're having fun here we're trying to inform you so if you want to leave us a one star review just stop listening instead cuz you know if we're that bad just just stop listening <laughs> just leave us a five star review before you stop listening <laughs> yeah i mean you won't be hanging around just well, let
1: gas us up a little bit and then you can leave
0: anyway um <laughs> yeah. Leave it the review now before you listen to the rest of the episode, because it might change uh, by the end here. Anyway, okay, so uh, we like giving market updates every week, because that does help us become more informed buyers and sellers. Knowing what's going on in the global market is very important. Knowing what's going on with interest rates, with UAW strikes, with uh, wholesale pricing, with all sorts of things, they they don't define the market. Ultimately, you have to make your own decisions based on your own personal cash flow, but they certainly uh, will give us an idea of what's happening. And this week, uh, a company called Shift Technologies, which I like the name, but they filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Now, Wah-wah. Shift Technologies is... An online used car retailer. Uh, According to CBT News, they are similar to companies like Carvana. Now they are much, much smaller than Carvana, although they did go public a couple of years ago. So they're they're not that small. Um, This in and of itself does not make me happy, right? I do not want to see anybody fail, but it proves a point that I've been saying about Carvana for a number of years. Uh, so a, a few things to note about what happened to Shift Technology. So they were founded in 2014, which was two years after Carvana. I think Carvana was 2012, and they sold vehicles nationwide through, throughout the internet, but they only had two locations in California. Um And this article says, like other dealers such as Carvana, the company faced considerable challenges during the COVID pandemic due to severe fluctuations in used car demand and prices. Again, I call BS on that, right? Any car dealer that couldn't print money during the COVID pandemic was terrible at their job, right? Like, fluctuations from 2020 to 2022 were not fluctuations things just went up and then they went up a little more and then they went up a lot more and then they kept going up and then they went up again so if you can't make money when that's happening you suck at your job (laughs) and all these high paid ceos apparently couldn't either so uh anyway um the over the last two years their numbers have been looking pretty bad, uh, which tracks with the used car market correcting. But let's see. In the first quarter of 2023, they sustained a net loss of $48 million. In the second quarter, they sustained a net loss of $25 million. Carvana, on the other hand, when asked for comments, said, those are amateur numbers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I want to see triple-digit million-dollar losses.
0: (laughs) Uh, Interestingly enough, though, their losses went down. Uh, They had year-over-year reductions of 74 and 79%. So Carvana would see that as, oh, we're fixing things. We shouldn't go out of business. But this company did not have enough cash flow to hang on. Uh, According to another article, they had a significant debt load uh once they um revealed their bankruptcy filings and that was ultimately probably what did them
1: in so if they had a significant debt load what is carvana's <laughs> like what's more than significant uh, significant in all caps uh, size yeah. 72 font what's carvana 6
0: billion dollars i yeah, think capital mm. b bold yeah. so a, a quote i found interesting from this article uh shift technology ceo Eamon Musa noted the decision to file for bankruptcy quote follows months of trying to raise capital and restructure the balance sheet sounds sketchy <laughs> to allow the company to operate unencumbered in this challenging environment
2: uh, Does restructure the balance sheet mean cook the books? <laughs> <laughs> Just asking. It's the business way to say
1: it. There, yeah. we need a, a financial oven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Uh, well, it's a it's a legal way of cooking the books, and and what I find. Quite coincidental is that Carvana stock shot up earlier this year only after they did exactly that. They raised more capital and they, quote unquote, restructured their balance sheet, which was just taking their debt, negotiating with their debtors and saying, can we pay this later? And yes, okay, you can, because look at all these giant revenue numbers. But uh, revenue is not profit. So I, I still hold to the fact that Carvana is, is going to go bankrupt
1: at some I point. I feel like they have to. There's no way you can have debt with a B. <laughs> I mean, debt has a B normally, but you a know, billion <laughs> B. Uh, it has a T, too, but it it's does. silent. <laughs> or no, the B is silent. It does have a B. There yeah, we go. It's, it's hidden. Yes. Um, the T- yeah, there's hidden no B. way that they can have billions in debt and not just fall over. When people decide to stop investing and trusting is when that's going to change. Yeah. Well, the problem is they have giant corporations behind them. So like Goldman
0: Sachs was an Mm -hmm. investor in shift technologies. There's giant corporations behind all these companies. And it baffles me that these high paid CEOs are not looking at it going, yeah, we don't care what your revenue is. You have to make profit. But I guess if one of these companies makes it, they make so many multiples on their money that they don't care about the other ones that fail or something. I don't know. It's... I don't have the kind of capital to be able to absorb that kind of risk. Um, anyway, so to support its eventual shutdown, the retailer will raise funds by auctioning off its inventory and other assets. Its two facilities, both located in California, have already closed, as has its website.
1: Ooh, somebody better scoop that up. Right.
0: Yeah, a We few can have people... it
1: redirect to switchcast.live. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You know, I tried to buy SavetheManuals.com, speaking of websites that closed. It was owned by Car and Driver. Um, I didn't even know that they owned that. They didn't
1: either. Oh, nice. No,
0: No, I tried to buy it from them, and they had no clue that they owned it. So then it expired, and I had it on back order, but somebody else did too. So it was supposed to go to auction. But GoDaddy completely dropped the ball on me because it was registered with Network Solutions and I didn't have it on back order with Network Solutions. So somebody else got it and I didn't even get a notification that there was an auction or or anything like that as GoDaddy had promised that would happen after multiple phone calls because I did not want to lose this. And of course, it went to a flipper giant company that just wanted it. Yeah.
1: The domain is managed by namebright.com right now. Yes. It says, Savethemanuals.com is coming soon. Yeah. Namebright.com.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, if I had it, it would already have come. It would be here. Well, it would redirect to Nuts for <laughs> <Yeah, let's, let's laughs> not. Let's, let's be It honest. might not be its own
2: site, but
0: <laughs> we don't. I was going to do something with it. Uh, I can't hate on the flippers. I just hate on that it was like snaked for me electronically. Like I tried to buy it. I was there trying to buy it and was given incomplete information and couldn't buy it.
2: You could have done so, so much with that domain. I could have. So much.
0: I feel like I was a worthy enthusiast
2: Absolutely. of owning it. If anyone should have owned it.
0: Anyone should have owned it. Yes. Um that's okay. We'll continue with Nuts for Sticks. Better better name. So, <laughs> Uh, yes, I had another thing to comment on shift
1: technologies, but, um, I don't remember what it was. So let's go to a commercial. Alrighty. Switchcast is brought to you by Boxcast. Boxcast is a live streaming company based in Cleveland, Ohio, and they serve broadcasters and viewers around the world. Their founders launched Boxcast back in 2013 with a single purpose to make people a part of the experience. So if you're looking to live stream your podcast, a church service, car show, a sporting event, a wedding, or even your cannonball attempt, BoxCast is an easy and flexible live streaming platform for organizations. BoxCast is so easy that we're broadcasting this show with a phone. So head on over to switchcars.com boxcast for your free trial. Alrighty, it looks like the Corvette Curmudgeon has joined us in the studio again. How are you doing? Why do you call me that? Uh, was that not your legal name? Is that not on your birth certificate? Nope. It's Hank. It's Hank? Oh, my goodness, I didn't know that. The lore. <laughs> We've got some lore. <laughs> Alright, uh, well Hank, it's good to see you tonight. Have you ever been called the Corvette Curmudgeon before? Before Before nope. sh- the show? Did you know that that's what we called you? Nope. Huh. I would have thought Doug would have had you sign some release or get your permission to use your face and likeness and content and everything. Well, yeah, I
0: signed that and got a check and stuff, but I didn't read it. Dang,
1: Mm -hmm. he's getting paid, too? Yeah. Ooh.
0: You think I'd be here if I wasn't getting (laughs) something out of it? I thought you'd just like to hang out and talk about your Corvette. Well, that, too, but (laughs) usually it's around uh, other people with Corvettes. Yeah, Ethan and I don't have Corvettes. Did you know that?
1: Wow, well, that's I can tell by your hair <laughs> and your skinny jeans you wouldn't own a Corvette. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, maybe I would. I'd like to have that purple '98 Pace car one day. You know what, which one I'm talking about? Oh yeah, oh hey, yeah, that's a pretty sweet Corvette. Some nothing quite as rare as a
0: Corvette Pace car. That's right. That's all I'm talking <laughs> Except about. Except my one of 342 light carmine red 1998 Corvette convertibles. It's one of 220. In the six speed manual, and one of uh, 24 with the uh, the light tan interior.
2: Mm.
0: I like that you've got that
1: memorized. It's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of rare Corvettes, uh, I've got uh, something I found on the internet here. Uh, this is a numbers matching Corvette. So, you know, that's a really big thing. Oh, yeah. 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 NCRS
0: thing. stuff, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. So, okay. This is slightly different, though. So, are you, are you ready? This is a am ready. <laughs> this is a 1958 Chevy Corvette and a 2008 Corvette Z06 that have the same serial number. Oh, the last six digits are the exact same. Yeah. So they're being auctioned together on Bring a Trailer at uh, I think right now. That's pretty cool. So if you was the uh, Z06 museum delivery, uh, let me do do, do do It was actually oh, uh, delivered yep. to the National Corvette Museum, and it only has 16 miles. Oh, perfect! Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. So it's definitely never seen rain. Then no, it might have less miles than yours. Actually, yeah, yeah, a few less miles. Yeah but uh, i don't know how many miles the uh, the c1 but the c1 is one of 144 examples so that's pretty rare
0: that's also pretty rare yeah i i, I that's pretty cool i like that that would make a good storyboard at, well you couldn't take it to cars and coffee because then it'd have about 18 miles on it but uh <laughs> you could yeah. have it
1: trailered there i guess if you really wanted to yep you could trailer it yep Yep. Uh, be pretty expensive uh, that's
0: outside of my budget you have to buy a fancy uh, uh duramax chevy truck and uh, a nice and trailer and take it over there and um yep yep you could certainly certainly win the car shows with that though i might have to even have to concede a trophy to that pair that that's that's pretty nice
1: so with uh let me yeah, yeah so it actually finished the auction finished oh yeah? yesterday uh how about Was it you know for both cars at for both the same cars. time both cars oh wow mm-hmm. so uh i don't know if you because you don't listen later doug and i do this appraiser thing where we try to guess auction okay. prices all how much do you think the pair of cars went for?
0: oh probably about i don't know probably 50 sixty thousand uh <clears throat>
1: Uh, the the pair went for two hundred and fifty thousand. Two
0: hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> for two Corvettes. These frigging rich people snapping up at Corvettes. friggin' fixed income enthusiasts like me can't have them anymore. This is why. Uh, this is why I keep my Corvette C5. Can't afford them fancy collector cars, Japers,
1: Drapers. <laughs> two hundred fifty thousand dollars more. Than my house costs. I'm fr- I'm quite astonished that it went. That is a lot of money. Wow.
0: Goodness Whew. gracious sakes alive. <laughs> <laughs> Man, they should start paying me more to be on this podcast thing. Maybe
1: I could afford something like that. Yeah, you know, we can talk to Doug when he gets back in here after his little break and we'll see what we would can do Would you for do it. that? Yeah, yeah. yeah that would be
0: very nice. Thank 100%. you, Tyler.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think Thank I need you. to let you go lay down a little bit to process this because, boy, I'm not even sure. Whew. Uh, but uh, thanks for coming down again tonight. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week, Hank. Thank you. I mean, sorry, <laughs> Corvette Curmudgeon. Thank you. Yep, <laughs> have a good night. All right, Corvette Curmudgeon is brought to you, as always, unwittingly, by the Corvette Buy Sell Trade Group on Facebook. That is your source for cranky boomers, overpriced Corvettes, and reinforced stereotypes.
2: Uh, thanks, Hank. <laughs> thanks. <laughs>
1: good we got to log that in the lore the switch guys lore book yeah well
2: i was so speaking of corvette curmudgeon lore i was putting together that compilation video that we did um of the the best volume one the best of the corvette curmudgeon and i realized there's actually a discrepancy here at various points he's said he's done uh, a varying number of oil changes on his car He's oh, most really? often quoted as saying he's never done an oil change, but w- one in one episode he said he did one oil change 12 years ago. <laughs> 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 so we got we, we well, gotta get him on the Well, his horn. memory
1: yeah. might be a little Yeah. yeah. Ethan's yeah. face Sketchy. right now looks like the man who spent hours listening to the Corvette <laughs> There yeah. There's a
2: level of
0: exhaustion, there was, fatigue. Uh, uh, the the continuity is not quite as good. As say the office,
1: <laughs> no, we but, we, but we try. You know, Hank is an older guy. Sometimes he forgets some things, and you know, maybe, uh, maybe the, it's... the fish was this big. <laughs> that's yeah, right, exactly. That's
0: <laughs> we'll leave it at that.
1: So, Doug, I'm not sure if you heard <laughs> us talk uh, to the Corvette curmudgeon, but there's that there pair of Corvettes you told me about on Bring a Trailer. Yeah, that went. That pair went for two hundred fifty thousand
0: dollars. I mean, it seems seems about right. Really. Yeah, sure. I just... Really? The the whole... The whole thing of somebody ordering or saying it's rare or whatever because it was matching numbers, I think, is the dumbest thing ever. Like, I'm a numbers person. I think it's cool when... Like, I had a Ferrari 456 GT this year. It had the same serial number as a security code on my Amex. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But I didn't, like, give away my credit card With the car or buy the car because of it. So, I don't know. Like, I I feel like anything that you have to explain to somebody and point out when they come in is, like, anti-car guy, right? So, I I think of the the whole concept of appreciating cars, you have to think about as if you're a little kid, right? When you walk into, like, think about when you were 10. Mm Mm-hmm. And you looked at a car. What did you appreciate about it? Or what did you notice? Oh, that it looked cool. Okay. What
1: else? Uh, Probably if it was a cool color, like... Green. Yeah, Yeah, green. (laughs) Okay. Did you ever look at the odometer? Oh, no. I'm not even sure if I could have told you exactly what that was (laughs) at 10. Like, maybe, but... (laughs) Did you ever ask how
0: many previous owners it had? Oh, no. Did you ever look at the serial number? No. Did you have ask if it was matching numbers? Oh, goodness. No. Okay. So I feel like those things are the things that, that make the Corvette curmudgeon, the Corvette curmudgeon and Porsche people, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. is the things that you have to like grab somebody and explain and be like, this has so low miles. This has so few owners. This is rare because it's one of X with this option combo. Like if, if you don't, I recognize that there's certain things about a car's provenance that do need to be explained, right? You look at pre-war cars, you look at race cars, you may not know some really interesting fact about it, right? So I, I get that there's that. But the, just the general thing of like looking at a car and appreciating it because it has a certain serial number, a certain number on the odometer, anything like that that's just numbers is just dumb, So, like, cool to the guy that bought a car that had the same serial
1: number as another
0: car, but like, so what?
1: Yeah. I, well, there's a comment on here as I was uh, scrolling through them, and one guy said the most difficult part of owning both of these would be deciding which one to drive, which I think is hilarious because these cars are never moving under their own power again.
0: <laughs> right. And ironically, the one that you would want to drive is the one that has 16 miles on it because a Corvette C1 is not a good car to drive. Fundamentally, objectively, there's no argument. Yeah. That is not a pleasant car to drive.
1: And if the, that C5 auction you had a few weeks ago is anything to go by, all of the lines need replaced, all of the seals, everything, you know. Ugh. Sure. Yes. Yeah, this is just <laughs> silly. Silly, silly. In other news, um,
0: more bad news that I'm somewhat rejoicing in. Um, nobody died, so we're, we're good here. Um, what, what's the politically correct word that we have to say on tiktok unalived nobody was unalived during this event no animals were harmed um uh there's a a car park or a parking garage as we call it on this side of the pond a car park engulfed in flames at the london luton airport uh now i'm not gonna lie there's some confirmation bias happening here uh, because the fire chief said that a significant reason in why the car park has continued to burn and has been exploding is because there are lots of electric vehicles involved now in order to not think that i'm totally bent on one narrative they did say that the fire initially started because of combustion in a diesel powered vehicle fine no surprise that cars are combustible, right? Fuel and gasoline are incredibly combustible. They start fires all the time, but typically they get put out pretty quickly because it's like, okay, well, uh, gasoline burns up and then you put the car out and you're done. The problem with EVs, and this is something I've been saying for a long time, is not something I figured out. It's just, I read and it's a thing is that they burn and 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 they burn really hot and Tesla has issued special instructions to fire departments about how they're supposed to fight them and they're supposed to have some so many extra thousands of gallons of water just on hand you know and all these different things and I was talking with a firefighter he was laughing at the instructions that Tesla gives for trying to fight ev fires and he's just like oh yeah yeah we got that right in our back pocket like no we we can't like what are we supposed to do with these instructions nothing so anyway um and i've brought up this point of what happens when evs become ubiquitous as the government is trying to make them and you have giant parking garages or worse apartment buildings with basement parking filled with evs and one catches on fire They all catch on fire and then
1: like I didn't even think about the parking garage under an apartment building like that is structural to the building. Right. (sighs) Right. And guess what they're having to do
0: with this concrete parking garage. They have to tear it down at this point, don't they? Yes, because it's structurally unsafe because of a car fire. A normal car fire would not do that. They have to tear this parking garage. What if there was apartment buildings on top of it?
1: Man, I uh, have the article up, and there the image uh, that they have in it where just all of these floors have collapsed in on themselves, and it's all mangled looking. And ugh. from a car fire. Yeah, that's intense. And they said vehicles exploded, which makes sense. I mean, there's a bunch of fuel. Yes, but and batteries. And fuel tanks. Yeah. No, that's no surprise
0: there. But the reason they're not putting it out is because EVs.
1: That's my opinion. Anyway, (laughs) I just we're careening towards this, uh, which is fine if this is the way things need need to need to go, whatever. But we keep pushing in this direction without any concern for what needs to happen to make this direction possible. Proper firefighting equipment, proper charging network, maybe a more reasonable way to get all of these crazy materials, a more reliable grid. That yeah, like sources of power. There's a lot of, of stuff. Lithium, yeah,
0: sources of lithium that aren't coming from third world countries that are using slave labor. Uh, sources of lithium and electricity that aren't coming from countries that are polluting like crazy. China because they don't have emissions regulations and so they're doing more to harm the environment than us driving oil burning cars, gas burning cars.
2: Well didn't we talk about this a few weeks ago and you said part of the Problem here is that these companies that are trying to solve EV, like figure it out, is because they're also trying to like actually make these cars and like run a car company at the end of the day, on top of trying to figure out how to do all this sustainability tasks, how to actually solve these problems that would actually make EVs ubiquitous. Sure, I think that's one problem. Not, I don't the problem, think that's but the, but the it's, fundamental it's a problem. problem.
0: I, I think you could have twenty companies trying to solve this problem, and if it's a problem that's not solvable. But the thing is like they're not – I feel like they're not trying to solve the issues that are going to become a problem, right? They're trying to solve like battery technology to make batteries better. But that still doesn't solve the problem of how do you produce enough lithium and produce it cleanly in order to power these cars or how do you not have them catch fire?
1: I was thinking about like junkyards you imagine John filled with EVs? It's just a bomb.
0: Well, yes. However, that's been debunked quite a bit, and I will side with the EV proponents on this, is they are recyclable, right? So people are Uh, saying like, oh, my gosh, it's going to kill the environment when you dump all these batteries in wherever. But that so far is not happening. Now, I don't know how they're so good at recycling giant batteries and EVs when I can't even take a freaking battery out of my flashlight, and I'm like, what do I do with it?
1: Yeah. like, don't throw this away, but we're not going to tell you where to take it. Right, (laughs) exactly.
0: I'm not going to tell you what I do with it, but let's just say I don't know what I'm supposed to do with a battery (laughs) the size of my finger, let alone an entire car. So uh, on that note, before we go down that EV rabbit hole, because we've done it a million times, um. Yes,
1: let's go on to the Scaminator Who? okay, let's go And commercial first Yes, SwitchCast is brought to you by Celebrity Machines Celebrity Machines offers more than 250 different screen-accurate license plates As they've appeared in movies and TV shows Such as Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, The Fast and the Furious, Breaking Bad, and so many more Celebrity Machines also makes our dealer insert plates as well as our commemorative 2539 plates from the fastest cannonball run ever. Visit CelebrityMachines.com for more info and use promo code SWITCHCAST to save 25.39% at checkout.
2: You skipped my favorite plate. I just watched that episode of Seinfeld. Oh, the Seinfeld uh, one? It's fantastic. Parkologist. There we go.
0: Yes. (laughs) It's not inappropriate because it's... An inside Seinfeld joke. Well, yes. there's no inside Seinfeld jokes.
2: Not really. It's not really an inside joke. It's on a TV show. It's <laughs> it's on a, I think everybody actually knows. The biggest sitcom all of all time. <laughs>
0: oh, my. Uh, all right. Yes. So, Scaminator. I have I have one for you, Tyler. This is uh, not like a listing per se. It okay. came from a listing. Um, but I, I want to see what your thought is on this. So, we found a Porsche 997. In California, it was ruby red
1: mm-hmm.
0: with sand beige interior, factory sport seats, manual transmission. Mm-hmm. You didn't get excited about ruby red. That's insanely rare on a 997. It's a maroon color. Tyler's oh, no, not. He's, are you Googling it because I it's am. not green over graphite gray? Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Okay. Anyway, burgundy over tan with factory sport seats. It had like 50 or so thousand miles. And the guy wanted 42500 Oh, that's hot. Which is, eyebrows went up in the peanut gallery. That is a smoking deal, right. right? The appraiser would have pegged it at a fifty five dollars to $60,000 <laughs> auction result. And he would have been right. So we contacted him, tried to buy it. Okay, no problem. You're first in line. Absolutely. I'd love to sell you the car. So our buyer's going back and forth with him, and we're like, "Okay, how do we get you money?" Essentially, now as an older guy, he was not super technologically savvy, and um, he wanted us to like come see the car, whatever. No problem. I got contacts everywhere. Is in Southern California. I called a friend. He was ready to go out like that minute. So we said, "Like, hey, can we?" sign a bill of sale, let's lock this down so we know we have the car and then we'll send our guy out and whatever you need. And he gave us this line, which we had actually, it was the second time we had heard it that week. He says, I am not signing a bill of sale until I have funds.
1: What? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. That was a first for me.
0: I had never heard that. Now, interestingly enough, we googled this question like cuz I'm like this this doesn't make any sense. I am not a lawyer. However, I understand very basic contract law because I have to do it all the time, right? A lot of legal stuff is just understanding like common sense and how things work. So, my understanding of it is you have an agreement that is attached to a consideration, right? Money exchanged. So if the consideration doesn't happen, the agreement is not valid, right? It's like if you, I make an agreement, okay, in exchange for a dollar, you're going to give me a glass of bourbon. Well, I didn't give you a dollar. Well, you signed a contract. Fine, but I didn't give you the dollar, so... Yeah, you like didn't satisfy contract. what you right. signed. Right. There's no consideration, and the consideration is written into the contract as like a, a contingency of it. So I'm like, these people, this was the second person in two days that would not do this. And we're like, what Like, what do you think is going to happen when you sign a bill of sale? Do you think we're going to like take the bill of sale to court and get an injunction and be like, yep, this is our car? Oh, did you pay the guy? Nope, but he signed a bill of sale. We're going to go get the car and you have to force us a title.
1: Like... Yeah, that's never going to hold up in court because the title would still be in his name, which is like the actual important thing. Right.
0: But Google apparently says, and I guess people are Googling this, like, should I sign a bill of sale before I have funds? And whatever result you get on Google says, no, you shouldn't. You should never sign a bill of sale until you have funds cleared. And I'm like, who is going to give anybody money without some sort of written agreement?
1: Because then you're totally out. Yeah, well, because then you're giving the seller at that point all, everything. They have the exactly. title, they have the money, and they have the vehicle. So, like, you could take them to court, but they could just take your money and run. <laughs> right, because there's no agreement. Well, yeah. What
0: was this money for? I don't know. <laughs> he was just being nice. Yeah. That is wild. So so we tried. So we got one of the deals done of the two. Um, a good friend of ours, podcast Guest and listener, Jay Roberts, um, saved our bacon and and went out and met this guy. We overnighted a cashier's check to our buddy Jay. He went out in person and essentially exchanged the cashier's check for the signed title and a signed bill of sale. Everything was great because everybody was operating under the assumption that, like, we're all legit. We would just want to, you know, CYA. We want to cover our butts. Um, This guy in California was just weird, though, because... Like, hey, we'll send a guy out with a cashier's check. He will come out, bring a cashier's check. You sign the bill of sale. Well, no, I'm not going to. I need 24 hours for the cashier's check to clear before I sign the bill of sale. Oh, Oh, boy. I'm like,
1: come on, man. I got to be. This doesn't sound like a scam to me. This just sounds like an old guy that Googled something and is scared. Right. Thinking we're scamming him. Yeah. Essentially. How much do you want for the car again? Forty-two
0: five. I mean, it was like too good to be true pricing. Yeah, And that's why scammers still succeed is because there are people that price their cars too low. And so everybody thinks like, well, no, this is the one that isn't a scam. And sometimes they're right. But unfortunately, nine times out of 10, it is a scam. Um, yeah. But and, and the person helping us was like, well, are you sure you're not just so eager that you're going to make a mistake and get scammed by this guy? And I'm like, no, trust me. We're covering all our bases. That's why you're going there. Yeah, but like, I can't give the guy money and just be like, "Sure, you'll sign a bill sale tomorrow." Yeah. So, have him forget like who he sold the car to. He's like 85 <laughs> years old. He might wake up the next morning and go, "What Porsche?" <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: oh man. Oh, uh, yeah. what's
0: this money doing in my account? Oh,
1: that yeah. color is really nice, though. Now that I know it what is. it looks like, I was very bummed that we didn't get that car. Huh. I do have a, a scaminator for you. Okay, actually, this comes a uh, Facebook Marketplace is the source of this. A, it's uh, <laughs> the new Craigslist. Uh, so this is a 2018 Ducati Nine Five Nine Panigale. Sure, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, and uh, they want five thousand dollars for it. That seems really cheap
0: for Ducati.
1: Yeah, like any Ducati. It's that like a Honda cheap. 750 price. Uh, it is it's been driven 8,200 miles. And uh, you ready for the ready for the description? I'm. I guess so. No title. What? Track bike only. I wasn't ready. Do it again. No title. Track bike only. No title. Uh, bought it with the intentions. Does he on mean like no a...
0: title in the description? Like, uh, I didn't come up with a fancy <laughs> title.
1: I'm just going to no, no, give you the description. No. I think the bike is missing its title. Doesn't exist. Oh, uh, that's a key thing to be missing. Yeah. Does it have keys? Uh, we can read a little bit more. I'm not sure. It, okay. Maybe. Let's find out. Yeah. Bought it with the intentions on making it a track bike, but have since lost interest. Original owner fell on hard times and he needed to sell it. So I jumped on it. He never paid it off. So- I, th- I think he literally physically jumped on <laughs> yeah. it as in jumped on the bike left. And that's why he doesn't have a title. <laughs> this key semantics here. I say in I'm the not lying. Uh, Never. The previous owner never paid it off. So therefore no title.
2: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Which <laughs> there is a title. It exists. You don't have it. <laughs> Uh, But this guy didn't care because I wanted to go track. And now I want you to not care. (laughs) Exactly. The VIN is provided in the photos. Uh, Full service, new tires, full fluids flush, air filter a thousand miles ago. Bike is stock besides aesthetics and protection. Uh, No damage. And a (laughs) non-original title. Flawless condition. Modified ownership. My goodness, yeah, yeah. And then no trades, oh, first man. come first serve. We'll not respond to any yada yada. Lots no of caps. trades, darn it. I wanted to trade him a something else with no title, <laughs>
0: like something less stolen. Less <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, he's trying to launder a bike. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, uh, 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 customer of ours, Dom, sent us this one, and this is really interesting because he was asking about whether or not this was considered stolen or theft or whatever. And I'm like, I don't think so because it's a loan that's not paid off. And usually in my experience, that falls more under the the civil thing or a fraud type thing, because the seller, we've dealt with a bunch of dealers that do this. They sell cars and then don't pay off the loans. The dealers rarely, if ever go to prison They just get into lawsuits with the bank because the bank is trying to recover their collateral and they had sold it. But it's not like they didn't steal it from the bank. So I don't know how that actually works. But it's I don't think the bank can report it as stolen because the guy who bought it didn't steal it. And the guy who didn't pay it off didn't steal it. He just sold it illegally.
1: (laughs) Well, can't you? Tell, like, who has a lien on it? You have the VIN. Can't you run
0: that? You can't find who has a lien on it. You can run a Carfax and see that there is a lien. Or, like, run a state title search. But they're not going to say, this is the bank that holds the lien. Well, sometimes they will. Ohio, you can. So, Ohio's electronic system will tell what bank is the lien holder on it. Um, Not all states have that information publicly. Um, That's a good one. I mean that's just that's like Nissan Altima territory right there. I mean that's this is the the Altima of of bikes. (laughs) I didn't I didn't pay it off. I just sold it for cash. Doesn't matter. And the guy bought it knowing that, and is now I'm amazed that he posted the VIN on this thing or made it available or anything. I feel like this is not something I want to want to sell on Facebook Marketplace. I'd want to sell it on the side of the road and. Euclid, Ohio. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Holy!
1: And he really tried. Like, it's been serviced. Oh, my goodness. He's still trying to... Uh, $5,000 feels like... I mean, no title is kind of important, but... I have sold a car. I
0: will admit, I have sold a car with no title before. But it was not because somebody didn't pay off the bank. Mm. Um, It was like a $2,000 Corvette, and it was part of an estate where, like, the... The father signed over to the son before he died, but the son never titled it. And then, oh, gosh, what the heck happened? It was this weird conglomeration of of just stuff that happened and signatures in the wrong places. And, oh, no, the dad appointed the son as power of attorney. That's what it was before he died. But the son waited until after he died to sign the title, and powers of attorney, uh, like, are null and void once the person who executed them is dead, right? Because then it goes to the estate. So after his dad died, he's just like, oh, okay, well, I'll put the car in my name now. But instead of signing the title as power of attorney, which would have, like, worked because nobody— would have gone back and checked and been like, oh, let's see if the person who signed as POA like is still alive. Like That's not the job of a notary of a title clerk or whatever. They just look at him and be like, yeah, the POA is legit, the signature is legit, whatever, you're good to go. So he made the mistake of instead of signing his name as POA, he forged his dad's signature on the title. And it was very obviously different from the POA. And oh, so man. it was like a friend of mine bought it off of him and then gave it to me like, hey, can you title this? I'm like, no.
2: <laughs> nah. He's like,
0: what do I do with it? I'm like, uh, make it into a track car. <laughs> track car. And like the guy in his defense, my, my customer tried contacting all the family members, tried contacting the guy like to make sure like nobody had any claim on this. Like he was trying to. to figure it out and do it right and nobody responded nobody called it back nobody cared nobody cared about this corvette but it was just stuck in title limbo never to get a title and so he's like well do you want to buy it i'm like no he's like well what price would you buy it at i'm like i told you i didn't want to buy it He's like well but at what price i'm like don't put me in the situation because <laughs> whatever number i say i'm gonna hope you don't say yes yeah And I hit him at like $500 or $800. He's like, How about a thousand? I'm like, Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) So I ended up buying it and then I sold it because I was too lazy to do anything with it. But anyway, yes. So I have confessions of a car salesman here. (laughs) I have sold a car with no title here, not under the dealer name
1: because that would be illegal. Anyway, I'll say a little uh, preview for shortly here. Your appraiser car this week does not have a title. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, I, I mean, you can't lead us up to that and not just.
0: <laughs> all right. What 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 is it?
1: All right, do you want to tell the people what the appraiser is Do you normally do that? Uh, I do.
0: Yes. Um, if you're a new listener, the appraiser is when Tyler and I pick cars for each other. And we have to guess based on a very limited uh amount of information what the car is going to sell for at auction and the closest one at the end of the year doesn't have to do or buy or drive something terrible we haven't decided what that is yet i'm very terrified at whatever Uh, that's gonna be yes it's
1: like a long extended truth or dare um (laughs) because i don't know if the listeners know this i don't do this for a living (laughs) i've had some real stinkers uh
0: yeah i do this for a living and i've had some worse stinkers trying to get back here um so uh last week i picked a 2006 997 carrera 4 with one hundred thirty thousand miles. miles so selling no reserve on p car market you guessed 35 grand i did and i didn't look so this will be new. it was i i think it was 34 250 what? sold for what wow. yes
1: that Good is amazing job. that is your best one yet I'm so... Maybe I should open it. Is now a good time to open up a car dealer, Doug?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You were still high, though. You would have lost money. Oh, yeah, with uh, auction fees? No, I mean, you guessed more than it sold for. So if you bought... If you paid what your guess was, you would have lost money. Yeah, but it's close. I would have lost a little bit of money. Very little. Uh, You picked for me a Cadillac hearse (laughs) with, like, a Mr. (laughs) Miyagi-themed funeral home on the back. I did. Uh, Um... I guessed eighteen grand. Did you look? I did. Yeah, it went for fourteen, which coincidentally is the exact number that I guessed for the Toyota Century <laughs> hearse that was a like uh. this thing was a copy of. And but the Century sold for a world record forty five grand, so I was gonna guess fourteen again for the Cadillac. But I'm like, no, no, I gotta guess high because apparently hearses are, you know, Some
1: having a resurrection stuff. in value. I, uh, Ethan, do you notice that every time he's got an excuse as to why he didn't pick the exact number?
2: There's a reason for it. <laughs> I'm just <so> annoyed <laughs> that you
1: didn't get my joke right there. I got Wait, well, sorry, sorry, I was... Our hearses are having a resurrection oh, in value. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> That's pretty much your reaction. Anyway,
1: this uh, Cadillac yeah, yeah, yeah. was not the deal of the century. <laughs> I, okay, I <laughs> had an option to oh, pick food. another hearse styled like this this week, and I'm oh, glad man. I didn't because I don't need Listen, to hear these I'm jokes becoming again. a
2: market expert <laughs> Yeah, That joke is dead
1: anyway. Yeah, I'm going to...
2: Oh, Ethan, not you too. <laughs> it's, it's not... <laughs> <laughs> that one was way too on the nose i apologize oh my oh, goodness wow let's just bury this topic
1: uh <laughs> all right continuing on Va-va-voom. uh my my car for you this week doug uh it stood out to me for a reason that i'll get to in a moment because this is not one something it no i know title picked for you oh yeah it has no title uh it's on bring a trailer it is a 1948 chrysler town and country convertible oh crap <laughs> 20 <laughs> so not grand i don't know it's cruel uh I was the more information you get me the more inaccurate my guess <laughs> is gonna be uh the most important thing that stood out to me is that this was on display at the audrain earlier this year so i was scrolling through bring a trailer and i was like i know that wood floor and those posters on the wall i've been to the audrain a couple of times and uh it's also green with a green interior oh oh that is a pretty car it's I've, honestly gorgeous yeah.
0: Oh, it's already at twenty-five grand. Okay, scratch
1: that bid. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna take that. Uh, so this uh, fifty-six thousand miles, TMU, no idea. Uh, of course, there is no title because I guess uh, is there a Ro- registration? There is Rhode Island registration. Oh, okay, it's fine. It's a classic car, so that's ownership. Yeah, so yes. It's, so uh, it doesn't matter if there's a title or not. Rhode Island, for those listening, apparently does not require titles for vehicles this old. Correct. So Maine is the same way. Oh, really?
0: In case you want to, um, if you buy an old car that doesn't have a title
1: and you want to get a title, if you lived in Maine, you could do it or knew somebody who lived in Maine. Yeah. You know, details. Bill of sale. Uh, there is Go no on. Carfax of course. Um, it was repainted and the wood refinished a few years ago. It looks gorgeous. I... Ash wood framed mahogany veneer body panels. Yeah, buddy. That's amazing. It's like the inside of a house. Yeah, it's... I'm not, like, the biggest fan... I'm not sure if I would be a big fan of driving this other than being, dri- like, being seen in it because it's so cool-looking, but uh, it can't drive well. But, yeah, I was at the and There's a bunch of photos of it in there. Uh, little, little showroom area for an exhibit that was there for a few months. You're cruel, just so uh, you know. Yeah, I, look, I don't want to drink or drive or exist with whatever punishment is going to happen that we decide on, so... <laughs>
0: great
2: uh, well, <laughs> i wanted
1: you to see the price before you did this because i know it's very cruel 50 grand i feel like that's pretty good i have I no idea i really but, don't know we've got the peanut gallery saying that's high oh yeah okay well cool i'm not sure if i trust the peanut gallery but
0: all right well it's clean and it's green it's all i need <laughs>
1: All, Alrighty. Right. All right, do-
0: for you, I have, once again, I went back to P car market and I just went through their no reserve auctions because I feel like that's the best way to determine market value is no reserve auction. Um, there was only one car. Everything else was memorabilia. It is a 1997 Porsche 911 Cabriolet six speed Garage find. Oh, I did scroll past this. Yes, sixty thousand miles, ocean blue metallic, very nice color. Good color, gray interior. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the convertible yeah. is a bit of a
1: womp but you know that's fine. It is. Ooh, it is.
0: It. Uh, it was put in storage in two thousand eleven. Ran when parked. Ooh, well, <laughs> they they all do. You know. <laughs> Uh there's a crack in the rear fender and there's some patina. That's one of those like real estate buzzwords like, you know, cozy, which really means it's a tiny house. Yeah. Or charming, which means there's a roof leak and no air conditioning. Uh Yeah. It has not been started since 2012. That's going to need a bunch of stuff. The paint is 100% original, but probably won't be after refurbished. Other than the radio, there's no modifications. All right. say that is a
1: good color. It does have a title. Thank goodness. All right. What do you got?
2: Come on. This shouldn't be hard. You're Mr.
1: 993. Well, not 99. No, now it's going to be embarrassing. Come on. on. Uh, 55. 55 grand. Is that high?
0: Well, wow, peanut gallery once again. I don't a, know if I trust that's the peanut high gallery. button for the
1: peanut gallery. <laughs> I would like to remind the peanut galleries that Porsches are so hot right now. <laughs> it's a cabriolet. It's not a tiptronic though. So. If it was a tip I probably would have said like forty. Anyway. But I don't know. I feel like it's a it's an interesting color manual nine nine three. Those are going 60, 70 normally, right? Sure. 80. Yeah. Yeah, for like cabri- normal life. stuff.
0: Yep. Okay, so eh, maybe you're not that high other than it not running. The The problem with those, though, is like not running, right? Not not been started since 2012 on a Mustang or Corvette. It's like, who friggin' cares? Put gas in it and start it up. And maybe not put gas in it. It'll <laughs> yeah, probably so run on cars. bad gas. <laughs> but a 993 could potentially need a top-end rebuild and even if it doesn't it needs every friggin seal in the engine replaced um and that's an engine out job and it's like probably eight grand and if you if it needs a top end like while you're in there you're at 15 plus depending on your locale that's ohio if you're in california that's 20 grand 25 grand so um that could get really expensive the convertible tops are expensive uh each motor on each side is like 1200 bucks or something like that that may not be current pricing but i had to replace one in 964 cabriolet and it was 1200 for one motor and there's two motors that do the latches in the front plus the top cables and the top mechanisms and all that crap too oh man Maybe so I'm a little high you can get pretty underwater with those cars. The peanut gallery just had a very
1: cocky laugh. I don't think you're that <laughs> high. I think it's probably a 40s car. But no, the car I did for you was a 40s car. Uh, <laughs> woof. 1948
0: in case you weren't listening 3 minutes ago. Oh, Oh. my goodness. I'll be fired after tonight. Well, before we get to the prop and flop of the Mm -hmm. week, let's touch briefly on the shrewd negotiator. Shrewd negotiator is one step before the wall of shame where somebody is trying so hard to make a deal that they use interesting negotiation tactics.
1: So what do we got this week? Uh, So this week coming uh, to you from a Porsche 911 buy and sell group on Facebook. Which is the new Corvette buy and (laughs) sell trade group. Let's be (laughs) honest. Uh, So this is the newly announced Porsche 911 GT3R Rennsport. For those of you that don't know and don't pay attention, this is a non-street legal, hopped up, carbon fibered big engined 911 that uh, Porsche announced at Rennsport that all of the allocations, I'm sure, are sold. It's over a million bucks for the car. Big, big fancy stuff. One of 77. Yes, only 77. Almost as rare as a Corvette pace car. Not quite, though. Real close. And I would like to
0: poll every Porsche owner that has a paint-to-sample GT car and ask them if they know what sport means. Also that. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's about, yeah, it's about a million
1: bucks, and it's not street legal. But what yes. do we got here? Uh, so this person is selling the build slot. This is going to be delivered in 24 mm-hmm. to 25 for 1.6 million euros. Or no, pounds. Sorry, pounds. pounds. That's like 2 million bucks. So, Doug, I would just like to for know,
2: the allocation,
1: or does that include the car? That's what I'm wondering. Is like, I, I mean, either way, it's a ripoff, but I mean, I guess there's only 77, but like, that's nuts to pay $2 million for the privilege to say I can pay you, you know, another million for the actual car or I, pay Porsche.
0: I'm going to be honest. This should have been in Scaminator, because there is nobody that is. Two things. One, there's nobody that is connected enough with Porsche to get one of the 77 that is dumb enough to sell it on a Facebook group before it has even, like, in their garage. Two, there's nobody on a Facebook group that's selling a build slot for a GT3R Rennsport that is connected enough to
1: actually get one. <laughs> was it like how does this transaction happen Do you just hit him up through paypal like <laughs> it's above my processing limits dude <laughs> yeah, like what
0: yeah no that's he this- got i think he got fully roasted in the comments and rightly so that's just that's just dumb i'm all about selling allocations or whatever build slots but that's just that's yeah, that's not real it's just not real
2: Yes. Were we, I didn't know, I didn't want to jump in here. Were we, were we moving on? That was a sigh of like, okay. We we were
0: moving on. Yes. Should we not be or should we? No, no, no,
2: no, no. I just, I, I I had a, I had a question. Um, this was if we were moving on, I was going to ask this question. Did you see, um, I don't know how much you're keeping up with our TikTok, but, um, oh, lots, lots every, every day, refreshing. Uh,
0: Yeah. Yeah. I try. Yeah. I I try to weigh in on the comments.
2: That's, well, that's good because this this is a comment. Did you see who left us a comment on the most recent, uh db9 video that I'm in?
0: No. Was it Casey Putch?
2: D- no, <laughs> it was not Casey Putch. Um that'd be that be good though. Uh it was Edwin McCain. Is he related to John McCain?
0: <laughs> no. Is he is he like the hunter Biden to John <laughs> McCain?
2: <laughs> the the wayward Biden son to John
0: McCain. <laughs> does drugs in the White House?
2: Uh allegedly. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, Edwin McCain was a uh, 90s superstar. Uh, s- star. Oh, really? He, um, yeah, you know you know the song, I'll, I'll Be. I'll be better when I'm older, right? That was a big oh, song yeah. in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My that wife,
0: w- that was on her short list for our, like, wedding first oh, really? dance songs.
2: Well, then this should mean a lot to you. He, uh, he follows Well, but he didn't make it, you. so it means oh, nothing. Oh, okay. no, fair <laughs> enough. Well, on the off chance, he's one of the seven people watching this on TikTok now. Sorry. Um, he... Uh, uh, he, he follows you and he commented uh, that he really wanted that DB9 in case you were wondering. Mm. So, I Very thought that cool. was interesting. Uh, the the Edwin McCain of I'll be fame circa oh. 1990, I don't know, six maybe. As uh, a Switch Cars fan. So. Sweet. That DB9 nine
0: will be better when it's older too. Ah. <laughs> like fine wine gets better with age. Yeah, I think he got beat out by Ed Sheeran. I think we dance to an Ed Sheeran song.
2: The Eds. Edwin v. Ed.
0: Mm. Yeah.
2: Good, good battle right there. Anyway,
0: it is time for Props and Flops of the Week. Props and Flops are brought to you by Switch Cars. Switch Cars is the enthusiast dealership where we buy, sell, consign, service, and store only cars that we like ourselves. Check out our hand-picked inventory at switchcars.com.
1: Our pick of the week from Switch Cars inventory is... A beautiful 997 GT3 that I'm sitting next to. Uh, it is white and it has white wheels. Uh, does it have? Has, it has red white gauges? Like cool whip. Cool whip. <laughs> cool whip. that was too good
2: <laughs> that was such a good impression cool we have Brian. stewie on oh the podcast now. Wait, Wait, what?
1: that's all i can do that's Not the only you. thing i can do oh, do you workshop this <laughs> i've said that so much in my life oh my god this is great uh but yeah it's a white uh gt it's gorgeous the the wheels are really really good and the the gauges match the calipers it's a, it's a good time is awesome. it listed it is listed yes i feel like doug is still floored i'm just trying to move on from
0: that Twenty six thousand wow. miles <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes, listed for $160,000. But if you mention SwitchCast, you'll get a discount of $1,000 off right off the top. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> um, our flop of the week. Uh, I wish I could post the video. I can't, so I have to explain it for you. Uh, comes from the Goodwed- Goodwood wood. Festival of Speed Instagram account, one of my favorite accounts to follow. I will start with that. I very much like the event um, and their content, but they posted this Hyundai Ionic 5 or whatever you call their EV, quote unquote, drifting up their hill climb course. Um, And it was terrible. Like they did one awkward slide, which I think I did better at taylor's drift university in the mustang and and if any of you watch and follow goodwood stuff like their hill climbs are amazing and the drifters they have there are insane some of the most nutty videos on the planet i mean just over and over and over again sometimes i watch the same one multiple times they're so good everyone is great this one was the most underwhelming thing ever it was the worst video they've ever posted however their caption was quote, arguably one of the most exciting runs from Festival of Speed 2023, end quote. The comment section was a dumpster fire so bad it must have had lithium batteries in it. <laughs> I did write that line in advance. For those of you who think this show isn't scripted. um, <laughs> No, but like... I don't have a problem with EVs, right? Shocker, right? I, I don't. I have a problem with the very obvious and forced narrative. Somebody was paid to post that. It was part of an agenda because there is no way you can ever in a million years argue that that was anything but the least exciting run ever. <laughs> there was no noise there was hardly any smoke he did two donuts and one awkward slide and it wasn't very good it was like friggin' amateur hour so stop with the forced narrative right just call it what it is if you have a really good ev run like cool great if an ev is the fastest car up the the hill climb cool then it wins then then let's go by the numbers but don't lied to our faces and and especially when you're giving the evidence to the lie right in front of us i mean yeah anyway it was was terrible it was terrible
1: that's like the first the slide out of the front straight is like barely even a slide right it's like somebody trying to learn how to drift in like uh gran turismo or something for the first time
0: yes it's very awkward it's very bad and he, even when he was doing donuts, he put the hand out of the window, like, oh, I'm doing it one handed, cheering. All the fans are cheering for me, but no, nobody was cheering. Uh, oh, so awkward. The prop Oof. of the week uh, this one was a personal experience. This was really good. I went up to uh, King's Auto Service, second anniversary, Cars and Cigars. And I met the anti Corvette curmudgeon. Oh, did you? Whoa. I did. Frank. No.
2: <laughs> no, a- anti, definitely anti not. hank Frank. Frank
0: owns a rare green Porsche now, and he can be a little cranky depending on what day you catch oh, him on. So
2: I forgot Frank is literally the owner of Kings. I was just saying Frank Frank's, is the owner of Kings. Frank sounds like Hans. Yes. Wow. So, Producer Ethan, wow. Yeah, I should have known that. No. Way to be.
0: Uh, no. So it was raining on and off. Some 80-plus-year-old dude pulls up in a C5 Corvette Targa with the Targa top off. Hulk. Parks it, gets out with a huge smile on his face, <laughs> didn't put out a storyboard, wasn't wearing anything Corvette related, and just like walked in to grab a cigar and some food. That's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. And it was raining. He d- it was just raining into his car. <laughs> I shook his hand and I thanked him for like enjoying his car or not. I don't know what I said, but I was just like, that's that's cool. I appreciate that you just don't give a crap. And he's like, yeah, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and that was all he had to say. Well put. Yeah, that, you don't need more than that. Well yep. put. He only stayed about 20 minutes, but, you know, that's what 80-year-olds do at car shows. <laughs> it was like 5 p.m., and he probably had to get to bed. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I'll be there someday, too. So. Respect. In fact, I'm pretty much ready for bed. So... Time for the show to be over. Uh thank you to <laughs> Tyler and Ethan for supporting uh this uh event. Thank you to our sponsors, Boxcast, Nuts for Sticks, Switchcars, Celebrity Machines, Parallel Printworks, and Steven Holm Woodworking for keeping us on the air. Thank you. Well, I feel like now you have to thank people for not taking you off the air in terms of canceling. Doesn't matter what sponsors you have. Anyway, mm, side note
2: uh,
0: <laughs> our bumper music is provided by Emily and Ivory. You can stream their full album on Spotify or SoundCloud. This episode will be available next Monday in audio format wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out switchcast.live. To get highlights and our latest episodes and find out where you can stream the audio podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday at 8 p.m. as we look forward to edifying, educating, and entertaining you on the drive of your life.
1: That's some cool Brian.